This week, LG might leave the smartphone market, Xbox Live is now the Xbox network, and Twitch is scoring your stream. It's Sunday, March 28th, 2021, and this is episode 591 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options, through our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, or Periscope, or on our website, pluckitslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is you can join us live Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern by going to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us in the studio. Give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Uh, If you are joining us uh, through one of our live stream platforms, the best way to join in on the conversation is either YouTube or Twitch. Uh, If you're not joining us live, that's okay too. You can always go to plughitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, The Pilch Point, Plug Hits Live Presents, and a whole lot more. And of course, you can find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. Now, I want to start, before we get into it, I want to uh, say uh, the the intro will change just a little bit in our next episode, because uh, on Wednesday, Periscope is officially shutting down, so uh, that list is going to get shorter one more time. It seems it seems like we keep losing services, Avram, because we've already lost Mixer and now we're losing Periscope. <laughs> but uh, but the services that you can watch and listen to us on afterwards continue to grow because we are on on uh, Amazon Music and uh, um, Audible, so there's lots of lots of ways that you can listen after the fact. Anyway. Uh, Goodbye to Periscope. You've been good to us. If you are watching us on Periscope right now, make sure that you go find us somewhere else. <laughs> find us on our Twitter, on our Facebook, on our uh, YouTube, on our uh, uh, Twitch, somewhere else so that you can continue uh, watching the show. Anyway, Avram, how have you been? Uh, decent. Time just seems to f- seem to fly by this week. Uh, I don't know where where it all went. Um, right, just editing a bunch of things. Yeah, I don't know where the week went. Like, I didn't. I feel like I accomplished nothing. Me too. Uh, but we did. Uh, um, you know, I we are in the process of bringing on a whole bunch of new writers, which is cool. So, cool. um, working with some of them to try and get up. Try and you know when you bring on new people, you got to try and get them into the style of what you want to do and all that. Yeah. So, um, but still, I mean, we've got some uh, uh, some pretty great new people writing for us. We have um, we have a guy who is a world champion case modder, uh, and he put up his sci-fi case, uh, his story of how he built his sci-fi case which we now have on the homepage of TomsHardware.com. 
uh, and we are going really um, uh, full speed ahead into getting more 3D printer content. So we have a really great 3D printer guy uh, and he's doing like a couple of new 3D printer reviews a week. So nice. we are going to be like really full up on on uh, 3D printer advice pretty soon. Uh, but he just got started. Uh, so, um, you know, we're, we're uh, so that kind of stuff, just time, uh, time flu programming, soldering stuff. <laughs> uh, my son and I have been working on some things, you know, like here's, here's a thing we were working on today. Well, actually, this is just part of the thing that we were going on today. Sure. So that, um, you know, but uh, I finally unlocked the the one thing I really need to solder decent solder at decent quality, uh, which is to get a giant magnifying glass. I just got a giant magnifying glass lamp, and now Excellent. I can actually see what I'm doing. Uh, uh, and. Uh, it's amazing. You can actually like see the solder flowing and everything. It's yeah. great. So, um, little, the little things that are, that improve your life. Yeah. So I guess, I guess that's where, where my week went. I feel like more, more should have happened. I should have done more. Uh, so I guess, uh, I get, I guess we'll, I guess we'll see what happens. What happens this coming week. But, um, Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, uh, I have a lot of, a lot of goodies here, um, that, you know, that my son and I continue to work on lots of, uh, lots of boards. We're trying to put together a, trying to make our own custom. We continue to, to experiment making custom controllers. Mm -hmm. He's now really into this thing called make code arcade, okay. which is made by Microsoft, which is a thing where you can direct, you can really easily make games by dragging and dropping code. So he had a, um, he, we were working on a thing where you could basically make it make code arcade station where you can like, um, cause it's very easy. There's a firmware you can put on any raspberry Pi to do it. And then if you attach buttons to it, the buttons become like a controller. And so nice. we were looking to see how we could like make a really good controller for it, things like that. But, that's cool. Anyway, that's, uh, I don't know, that's my week. How about yours? You know, my week seemed to be about the same. I feel like I accomplished absolutely nothing. Uh, I And Friday was the worst. I ended up uh, trying to, you, you know, when you're, when you're trying to debug code and you just get a, oh, no, no reference. Where? Eh, bite me. <laughs> Yeah, and so almost my entire Friday was trying to to find a null reference somewhere in code. So that never makes you feel good, and I haven't found it yet. <laughs> I ended yeah. Friday with no yeah. idea where it's happening. So it's it's <laughs> it, it's really it's really frustrating. Yeah, it's all no. it's really frustrating when you've got really complex code and somebody else makes changes, not fully yeah. understanding what's happening. And then you end up with these errors and you're like, well, what changed? I don't know. Oh, you've gone through one line at a time, putting try catches. Is this where it's blowing up? No. Okay, move on. Uh, oh. Very fr 
Very, very frustrating. So that was my Friday, but that's okay. No question about it. We've we've got some fun stuff coming. I've uh, I just received uh, this week a new product that we're going to be reviewing. This is um, this is one of the products that we uh, had on the on the show at CES. This is the Mighty Mike uh, L Pack from Amperage. It's got a a, a Bluetooth microphone. Uh, in it, which is supposed to be from whatever everything we've heard, really high quality, and then it's got a lapel you can plug into it too, which is pretty cool. Um, so definitely looking forward to that, and I'm going to try and push it way past what it was intended for, <laughs> as as I tend to do, because uh, after I pair it to a phone and try and do a recording that way, I'm going to pair it to the uh, to the roadcaster. And see if I can mic, Bluetooth mic into the roadcaster, which I think would be pretty cool. Don't think it'll happen. But <laughs> so I've got that. I've got a couple other reviews in the pipeline. One that might publish uh, tonight or tomorrow morning. So uh, that's that's pretty cool. A little uh, uh, power desktop power station uh, that from Excel. Pretty cool little thing. Uh, I'll I'll give you a hint. Uh, for those of you who are watching live, since it's going to go live probably before this gets published, uh, it's really great. <laughs> I I love it, and I want another one for our uh, review station so we can have all our phones and stuff plugged in. But anyway, sounds like we've both got lots of new content coming, uh, so definitely check that out. But for now, let's get down to the news of the week. This week's Nifty Gifties and F5 Live is proudly powered by Microsoft. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, maybe an Xbox, but certainly games, or of course a whole lot more, uh, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. And current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% on almost everything. To find out more about that and the deals that are going on right now, you can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. So over the last couple of years, we have watched big changes come to some of the original smartphone companies. Uh, yeah, obviously, uh, BlackBerry and Palm uh, both unceremoniously uh, have essentially exited the market entirely. The other big players, of course, being uh, HTC, LG, and Motorola. Motorola's had a difficult time of it they've had a couple of owners over the last couple of years at one point being part of google and then uh coming over to lenovo who has in fairness uh brought some life back into the brand that um solo and under google's uh control didn't seem to exist um after that uh, htc or part of it, that whole transition, I'm still not entirely clear on what happened there, but most of HTC's smartphone division ended up as part of Google, taking Motorola's place. It was all very strange, um, but uh, obviously that transition was very strange, leaving us with LG. Now, if you've been following LG's smartphone journey over the last couple of years, it's been weird. 
uh, they definitely decided that they were going to be the weird company and try odd things like the wing. Um, the problem, of course, is that they never stick with anything long enough to to build up loyalty behind a brand. But no matter the reasoning, uh, it looks like LG might be following uh, in the footsteps of one of its uh, pairs of compatriots either. Uh, possibly a couple of weeks ago, there were rumors that they were looking for a sale. This week, uh, the rumor is that they are going to uh, kind of follow Palm's lead and just vanish into the darkness uh, <laughs> without a trace, which is, of course, disappointing for a company as big and wide as LG, uh, but they've struggled. It it wasn't, you know, a decade ago, if you thought about smartphones, LG was in your head today. Even those of us in the space don't necessarily think of LG. When they announced the wing, I was surprised that they were still around, to be perfectly honest. So, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that this, this latest move, Avram, is because they tried to find a buyer and no one was interested. I don't understand. I mean, I guess I understand, but I'm, I'm sad because LG has been, I mean, lately they seem to not be really, uh, I mean, they've always been a step behind Samsung, mm -hmm. but they've been also been a company that's willing to take a lot of risks mm -hmm. with smartphones. I mean, they were one of the first to do like a dual screen smartphone, mm -hmm. right? They were one of the first to do to use pen. They, you know, they did. They've done a lot of things to really, um, you know, that really stood out. And I, you know, and their software, their interface has been good. The problem is usually when you compare it to like Samsung. Well, maybe LG was not quite as good. But um, I was just looking, and like, there's a lot of LG phones for sale right now. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't. I guess they're not considered top of the line, but uh, both uh, T-Mobile and Verizon have six different LG phones for sale. So it's not like nobody, it's not like they're not heard of, yeah. but what happens if, if LG exits the market? I mean, the thing that a lot of us like about Android is the variety of different manufacturers and devices. Uh, so without LG, here in the U.S. anyway, where we don't have, where we're not allowed to have Huawei and ZTE phones mm -hmm. uh, anymore, right? What are what are we left with? Like the, if you look at it, right? I'm looking at Verizon. Here, here's what they have. They have Apple phones, Samsung, Motorola, Google, Kyocera, Nokia, OnePlus, Palm, Sonim. Never heard of and TCL. I, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Um, Kyocera. <laughs> Kyocera. Yeah. Wow. Uh, what do you? What That's... kind of phone do you get with Kyocera? Let's see. Um, In fairness, they're also dare... they're also a company that's been willing to take weird risks uh, because they were the first dual screen Android device. Okay, so what they have from Kyocera at Verizon, and maybe this is, makes sense, is extremely rugged phones, 
yeah. to DuraForce rugged phones. My dad. So that's my, that's a niche. My dad had one of their yeah. their rugged phones for years until he couldn't even get a battery for it anymore. That's a niche. That's a niche market that somebody can do well in because Samsung is not really playing in that space. Apple's not playing in that space. Yeah. Granted, you could argue that I could just get a rugged case, but if the phone itself is rugged, that pro- that probably gives you more uh, more durability built in. So, but you know, most I mean, Motorola has become really known as inexpensive phones, right? The the bottom, just the the cheapest phones, right? Uh-huh. Um, I don't even One Plus, you know, is an interesting company that comes out with like one phone a year uh so what are what are we boiling the market down to now apple samsung and google um in terms of that's to me that's kind of scary because the whole point of android was it was supposed to be a huge marketplace and now you have companies exiting left and right i mean it used to be a much more competitive space when you had HTC in there and you had, um, you know, LG and Sony. When's the last time Sony came out with a phone? So Sony has been out of the phone business for a while too, right? Um, I think they're still making them. I think they're not doing anything through the carriers though, which essentially makes them, uh, gone. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's it's I, sad because there used to be such a variety. I gotta say this this Sonom phone, the uh, the XP8, looks like you could fire mortar at it and it would be fine. <laughs> My goodness, I'm well, I'm, I'm on right, AT and so, I'm on AT and T's website. By the way, since you went to Verizon, I went to AT and T just to get some variety. <laughs> and it right. sounds I mean, like there isn't any. And and remember, right. yeah, that's. Yeah. Very sad. Very, very sad. I will point out also, something interesting about AT&T's lineup. They have a flip phone that is singular branded. Also, where's I thought they still make Blackberries. Can you not buy Blackberry through a carrier? Uh, TCL uh, ended their relationship with Blackberry to start uh, producing phones under their own name. Uh, so there's no... The, the variety is just, you know, this is, this is a very sad uh, moment for phones. Yeah. I mean, you're taking a, a, what had been a major player in the market, granted they could never catch up, they never caught up to Samsung, but taking a major player out of the marketplace, that's, it's very sad. Yeah. Uh, on AT&T's Not site. Not good for consumers. On AT&T's site, the choice is even is even smaller than than uh, Verizon's because uh, over here we don't have um, uh, OnePlus. So on, on over yeah. on AT and T, we're even one manufacturer short. Uh, we do. There is. Uh, I I had a a rep tell me it was pronounced Kiosera, and I refuse to say it that way. So I will continue to say Kiosera. Um, there, there is one of those over here. There's the weirdo wing from LG. <laughs> Still such a strange phone. Um, oh, well, and AT- yes. AT&T has the, uh, the Surface Duo 
to replace the one plus that's missing from Verizon. So there we go. We do have, <laughs> we do have an even out. So, but I mean, yeah, I mean, if you look at how many LG phones are on this list here, uh, you're losing three, uh, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. You'd lose seven devices off of this already uninteresting list of devices. So, not great. Uh, hopefully, somebody will be interested in picking it up. Um, because I think I think the, the variety is important. And I think having a company like LG that's willing to do something weird like the Wing, when... I think we all know when we saw that thing, we're like, well, there's no market for that weird thing. Um, and apparently the sales at Verizon, which was supposed to have the exclusive on it, were so poor that uh, they gave up their exclusivity on it. But well, still, I mean, you know, trying weird stuff is what Android was all about. Being able to have this yeah. wide variety of options is what Android was all about. You know, um, Apple is all about conformity, and Android was all yeah. about UBU. <laughs> you know? Right. So, it's disappointing. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not good. But on the other hand, uh, as someone who's editor for a site where we don't generally cover phones, I guess, uh, I guess bully for us, because uh, we're not missing anything. <laughs> There's, you know, there's just not a lot of excitement. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just, excuse me, hiccups all of a sudden. Just as a note, there are, um, uh, for, direct from Sony, there are uh, six different Xperia models available right now. So they are apparently still manufacturing them. <laughs> but but if they're not from the carriers, you're you're obviously limiting your potential in the U.S. So... Still not great. Also, I don't see a single phone on any of these sites with a keyboard. You used to be able to, you used to be able to find the BlackBerry, mm -hmm. or there were some like cheap, not good quality, not the best quality, but right. you could get a keyboard phone if you really, really wanted one. Mm -hmm. Or, but, or, but the, no uh, longer. Or the uh, the the PPCs from HTC. Uh, they made those well past their um, their expected lifespan um i can say yeah. i had many of them uh, but yeah <sighs> yeah without without blackberry we kind of lost the the last of the keyboard phones and i actually saw an article uh this week some i think basketball player carries a blackberry uh and his argument is it's all about the keyboard and you you and i have had this conversation how long did i hold on to my palm after they after palm was done way too long because I loved the keyboard and uh, I, I still miss it. I, I still wish, wish I, mean, I, I wish would suddenly go, Hey, let's make a phone with the old keyboard again. But no. And that little palm, yeah, it's that little those... palm atrocity uh, yeah. that, that yes. Verizon has. Mm -mm. Yeah, because it's not even actually. A I don't phone. see the point of that. Yeah. yeah, I don't see the point of having a secondary phone. Like, one phone is enough. 
but yeah i mean i used to really love the keyboards i still i still would but um you know my highest priority on on a phone now is the camera and so uh and so that's why uh that's why my current phone is is a is a pixel mm -hmm. and because google has such has such good camera quality and like the pixel 4a 5g was so was relatively inexpensive mm -hmm. but you know i still make my uh plenty of typos because i don't have the keyboard but you know i've kind of gotten used to that and i sort of at this point i'm like well i hope nobody notices it i hope nobody cares that i have some, keys, some typos in these yeah you know if if palm would make an actual phone again and not honest to god it's an atrocity that weird little thing if they would make an actual phone again i would consider it <laughs> i i miss it but anyway if lg exits entirely we will be down one manufacturer but uh, they won't be leaving the market entirely. Uh, they are still one of the largest manufacturers of uh, screen panels for smartphones, and they have no interest in getting out of that business because it's the only part of the industry that has been a success for them in the last couple of years. So they will definitely still uh, be sticking around there, but you won't have LG-branded phones. We'll definitely see what comes of it in the uh, near future, though. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide uh, your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, you can uh, it's available on almost all of your devices. And you can get a special price right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash PureVPN. All right, so this was one of our first topics after the lockdown started just over a year ago, and uh, it's probably time to revisit it, right? What has made our lives more bearable <laughs> working from home? I think your mic is muted, buddy. I can't hear you. Sorry, there you've been working. You've been working from home. It's a it's a habit. I've gotten a habit from conference calls of always muting myself when I'm not talking. <laughs> Got it. It's 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 a it's like an inst. It's an instinct. Even if there's nothing, no practical reason, like there's no noise going on or anything, I'm just I'm I'm like a human walkie-talkie. <laughs> I just I gotta turn it off. You uh, mute it when I'm not talking. And boy, does that play right into our topic doesn't it <laughs> yes yes exactly it's a thing that you become trained on right uh from because we, uh we're talking about how now it's been a, uh just about a year maybe a little more than a year since uh since we went into lockdown and for me and probably a lot of our a lot of our viewers and listeners uh that was when working from home 24 7 or you know every day of the week every Workday anyway uh, became reality, yeah. uh, but for you, you you've worked from home a lot before for years, right? Yeah. Mo most of the for last you. most of the last eleven years, um, minus a short stint where we had uh, offices over in Tampa, 
uh, has been working from home. So, yeah, I, so, I've been very used to it. <laughs> this has been business you, as usual uh, for me. Yeah, I, I do and don't. So I wanted to share this week some, some, some of the things I've learned in the last year. I do and don't like working from home, right? Like I, for a lot of people in my industry, they've worked for companies that didn't have an office period. So a lot of tech journalists, they, uh, they work, they've been working remotely their whole career, but not me. I've been used to working in an office. I was very happy to go into our office at Tom's Hardware every, every, every weekday. I net, even though I could have worked from home more if I wanted to, I could have taken more days here and there and said, I don't, I, I can, I'm staying home today. I, I never liked doing it. I like to be around the other people. I like getting away from my house and my family and just being in the work zone. Uh, so I wasn't happy about this, you know, work from home transition. Uh, but I've learned to make the best of it in a few ways that I figure I would share for, uh, especially in terms of the technology uh, for folks who are still uh, working from home and maybe looking for, hey, how can I be more a little more productive? Um, one thing is uh, obviously multi, uh, hopefully by now you're not just crouched over a laptop, you've got a nice desktop setup, but maybe you don't, uh, or maybe it could be better. One thing is good keyboard and mouse, so critical. Uh, easy to say what it, what, what it is, but I, I strongly recommend a mechanical keyboard. Uh, you can get a good mechanical keyboard for well under $100, uh, sometimes even $60. Uh, what The one I have here, which I've been using for a while, is, uh, is uh, it's just pulling a bunch of wires, is uh, my Hex Gears Impulse. Uh, this, the non-RGB version of this, which is what I have right here, I have RGB version, the Cubby, uh, is only $89 um, and uh, sometimes less. And it has uh, box white switches, which are absolutely the best for typing if you don't mind uh, the uh, clicky feel, a clicky sound, which is I love. Uh, some people don't, but hey, um, I like it. And uh, really, really good, uh, good quality, great, great feedback. You can type like five or 10 words faster than on some other keyboards. Um, you know, for mice, obviously you might, you might look to, if you're a gamer or gaming mice, um, as this hex gear keyboard is a gaming keyboard as well. Um, although gaming gear doesn't mean you have to use it for gaming. You can use it for, for office work. I'm using a very simple mouse here. Uh, there, there are some better ones, but this isn't an expense, really an expensive mouse. The, uh, Logitech M510, uh, been around a long time. I like having a wireless mouse. I think a lot of people do just one less wire to tangle. Um, another thing to keep in mind is is I've got to say comfort. the 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 yeah. M the M five ten was probably when I was at Radio Shack was probably the most popular mouse we ever sold. And they still make it. I know they still make it. They still sell it. Don't mess with and what it's works. Been around for like. You know, now there there are other Logitechs that are like a hundred bucks that are that uh, give you some added features, for sure. Uh, but for you know twenty twenty five dollars, uh, 
I still really recommend this one uh, because you get two buttons on the side. So you have your forward and uh, you could program them, but forward and back, uh, very important. Uh, you have really good tension in the scroll wheel. Uh, I like the ergonomic shape and the soft touch uh, rubber, rubberized sides. And it, you know, it does take AA batteries, AA or AAA? Two AA batteries. Check there for a second. Uh, two AA batteries, and I have to change them like once every six months. So it's uh, pretty reliable in 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 that respect. Uh, the other th uh, the other thing that you really need to keep in uh, keep in mind is wrist comfort, right? Uh, I'm a really big proponent of of using some type of gel or foam wrist rest. Um, this is a Staples one, but uh, I really like uh, if this wears out and it has been out, not worn out for a while, I would definitely get the HyperX wrist rest, uh, which is again made for gaming, but who cares what it's made for? Uh, it's a really attractive, comfortable wrist rest that has cooling gel in it. Similarly, a lot of people don't think about the wrist rest for the mouse, uh, but I also have a pad that has like has the wrist rest on for the mouse as well. Um, Me too. Again, you know, if you're working, you know, I gotta have, I gotta have my gel rests everywhere. Uh, this one is actually wearing out. So, <laughs> right. Um, I mean, I can't say these are pretty looking like they get, they get a little ratty, but um, you know, oh, yeah. especially when you're working from home, who's, who's, who will know it's not, you know, your, your, your wrist rests and your, Mouse pad aren't visible on, uh, aren't usually visible on your conference calls. Um, obviously, conference calls are a big deal now. So having a good webcam almost goes without saying. Do not the webcam on your laptop, no matter what laptop it is, is bad. Some are worse than others, but none of them is is very good. So what what can you do? We have a list of the best webcams on on Tom's Hardware. The top of the list, and sometimes it's sometimes it's out of stock, but uh, but stock ha you know stock has improved. Is the Logitech C920 webcam, which is also an oldie, has probably been on, on the market for ten years or something, and yet oh, uh, still a, the leader in the marketplace. A 920, a 920 has been on the market for it's got to be longer than that because I think I've had mine for that long. I couldn't have gotten it day one. Yeah, I'm say at least ten years. Because <laughs> right, because maybe long. We had our first one. We had our first one stolen by TSA coming back from CES 2011. <laughs> yeah, like, and it's it's ridiculous how now there's a new um, there. Obviously, if you want to spend more money, uh, the new Razer Keo. Uh, is something like $200 and will do 1080p at 60 FPS, whereas I believe the 920 only does 1080p at 30 FPS. Um, but granted, on your conference calls, you're not doing 60 FPS. Um, here's a variant of it that I also have in front of me. This is the 930, which is just slightly different than the 920. There's, there's a few different. There's like a 920S and a 920X. Most of it is... Uh, 
the difference of sort of the software that comes with it or whether it comes with a cover or whatever. But uh, point being that with uh, that with these, the image quality is really is really good. You're getting at least you're getting 1080p, which you want, uh, and much better low light. And I find at least I find that the microphone quality on the 920 is good enough that I can do conference calls and not um, and not wear a headset if I want to, uh, because the microphone the microphone is pretty decent on just on the webcam itself. Uh, obviously, it helps if you're in a space where other people can hear you, like your family members, to get a headset. There's a lot of great uh, gaming headsets out there. Uh, this right here, I, I'm not meaning to make commercial for Logitech, is a simple Logitech headset. Um, but again, you want to make sure that uh, I strongly recommend that for the headset, you get USB headset and not uh, one that uses a 3.5 millimeter audio jack. They're just, uh, I get a lot of static with 3.5 millimeter audio jacks, mm -hmm. sometimes some wine, and it. I guess it really depends on the sound card in your system, but you like, you can't go wrong with USB, it just works. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I really recommend a USB headset over, over trying to get a, trying to, I mean, some of the fancier ones you can get have three five, but you're guaranteed to have good quality. Another thing that is really, really key for working from home is the chair. Um, oh yeah, you know, you gotta have a comfy chair. And I have to admit, I have cheaped out on this a little bit. I would love to have, but I just cannot afford a Herman Miller chair. Uh, right? Um, There's some, you know. Certainly, my, if my you've got brother, money, it's probably worth. My brother yeah. literally got one this week. <laughs> Which one did he get? Couldn't tell you. That's the one that that's I would all get. The information the, I have. <laughs> the one that I would get is the Embody. They they there are two main chairs. I think are the Aeron and the Embody. The Aeron is the one that has the mesh on the back, and the Embody is the one that has the fabric. I don't like those mesh chairs. Uh, I, a lot of people do though, so to each their own. But um, the Embody is sixteen hundred dollars, so um, I did not get, <laughs> get that. <laughs> um, there are some good gaming chairs that can serve as as office chairs, like Secret Labs has some some good ones. Uh, I have kind of cheaped out here, and what I have here is a Staples Osgood chair that cost a hundred dollars. It is giving me really good back support. However, anytime you buy a chair that is, or any piece of furniture that is made from bonded leather, it will eventually go to shreds. And this is my second one because the previous one just started turning into, uh, just started turning stripping. Uh, but you know, a hundred dollar chair, you don't expect it to last forever. Um, if you get a fifteen hundred dollar chair, you it better last forever. Um, obviously. If uh, obviously we should talk about the computer. If you uh, if you're working for a company, they probably give you a laptop. Uh, if you are working for yourself or uh, company, or you can't bear to use the company laptop, uh, obviously getting a, a lightweight ultrabook that you can take around the house, even if you're just within the house, is is good for convenience sake. 
the X1 Nan ThinkPad X1 Nano that I showed a few weeks ago uh, is, is a great choice there, except for the fact that it doesn't have a lot of ports. Uh, I still use an X1 Carbon, which has full-size USB ports. Now, what I did find is one th what happens when you want multiple monitors uh, and you want multiple monitors. Yes, uh, we do. So um, it's, it's, you know, I think everybody knows by now you should get, have at least two monitors and the, and monitors are really inexpensive. Um, I'm sitting here looking at four monitors. So I may have shown this in the show before, but for people who are watching then, here, here's my setup. Well, sort of hard to see, but <laughs> to see from this angle, but I have four monitors. Anyway, so um, what's my point there? Well, the more monitors you have, the more um, you can have leave things windows open uh, to keep things present for you. So for example, I have chat with my coworkers. Right. And I put the chat on my upper right monitor and it's always there when I'm working. I have, you know, another screen where I keep my email inbox. And it's true if you're really well organized, you can kind of drag windows around and have your inbox, you know, and snap them. And I try to do that sometimes. But uh, when you have, a, if you have four monitors, you can take two of them and you can say, like, okay, my top two are for things that just need to stay there all day and my like email and the bottom two are like my work monitors. Um, but obviously having four monitors is not for everybody, uh, but I definitely recommend getting at least two. Um, the monitors that I'm, the monitors that I recently got a few months ago, I got two 4k monitors that are Lenovo think vision, uh, they're available either as the L28U or the S28, um, either as the L28 or the S28. They sell it under both model numbers. One is a ThinkVision and one is not a ThinkVision, but it is the same monitor. Uh, and you can get it for between $250 and $300, depending on if it's on sale. Um, I got two of those, so fairly inexpensive. The thing that you want to do if you're having a multi-monitor setup and you want to save desk space is buy a stand. Do not go with the wobbly stands that they give you. Make sure that the monitors you get are Visa mountable, which means you, you can mount, they have a standard mounting uh, surface in the back, and then you can buy um, a really inexpensive thing that you can attach to your desk, as I have done here. My, my monitor arm thing here was $55 uh, to hold all four monitors. So uh, and you can get ones that hold two monitors for even even less. Uh, and you know I can actually pull them and move them around. So uh, definitely you can you can improve your workspace by getting a third party stand. Um, so finally, you have to ask how am I going to hook up to these monitors? If you're using a a laptop, you need a dock. Um, there's a couple of kinds of docks. Um, this here is a Thunderbolt 3 dock from Pluggable. Uh, this one supports uh, two 4K monitors. Um, you get a choice of uh, HDMI or DisplayPort out and a bunch of, a bunch of USB ports. Um, the, 
if you get a Thunderbolt 3 dock you get and your laptop supports Thunderbolt, you will get slightly better performance out of it, but those cost more, more around like $200. If you are not doing 4K or you are not, um, do not have Thunderbolt, getting a dock that just connects over standard USB, you can do for under $100. Uh, so, but that's if you have a laptop. If you have a laptop and you want to do three to four monitors, you're actually going to need multiple docks because there's very few docking stations that support three monitors, and I couldn't even find one that supported four. Um, another possibility is to do what I did back uh, back over the summer and uh, go to having a desktop because desktops can easily support uh, four monitor four monitors, and there's no there's no lag whatsoever. Obviously. Um, that's not great if you want to move around your house. Uh, then you also have to have a laptop. So, uh, so that's a trade-off. Uh, finally, I guess uh, my final piece of advice. Obviously, it always pays to um, to have a dedicated space in your home if you can. Uh, it's definitely helpful to have a space that you can close the door. But obviously, that's a luxury, and not everyone can do that. Um, but uh, in order to keep out keep out distractions that you make yourself, I recommend installing a a browser plugin that blocks you from visiting uh, from from visiting sites during the workday that you probably shouldn't visit. Uh, something like uh, I have one install called Block Site, uh, and uh, there's another one that I've used called Stay Focused, uh, and you can set those so that if you want to make sure that you don't go on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, or read the news in the middle of the day or whatever you can give it a list of sites and during these hours you can't visit them uh and it'll it'll give you a message so um you know that's one way to kind of make yourself think twice about the things that you know it's easy to get distracted with um during during your day i mean those would be good even if you're in the office but when you're at home it, it can be easier to get distracted unfortunately yeah for sure, especially if you've got people around, uh, <laughs> that always makes it a little more complicated. But yeah, yeah, just wandering off to, to Facebook and Twitter and whatever can can be an easy <laughs> an easy distraction. So how do you? So I have a I have a question for you. Sure. My biggest distraction in the last year uh, often is yeah. I mean, I can be my own distraction too, so I don't blame them. But you know, my. My, my son is, uh, you know, doing remote schooling. So he's here during the day. My daughter's two years old. And sometimes they'll come and they'll knock on my door or, or whatever, even though we tell them not to. And uh, But I remember uh, before when I had cats, they were also a distraction. So, because the, the cats would come knock on the door too. Uh-huh. How, uh, you, have, you have a dog. How, yes. do you, how do you set boundaries with your dog? So... So, so Duncan, we have kind of a, seems like we have an agreement that, that he understands. Um, we, uh, I've got an early morning call that I have to be on every morning. Then afterwards, uh, we come downstairs and I let him out and then I go back upstairs and I work and he either, you know, sits in his bed in the office or we'll get up on the couch or whatever. Uh, and then we come down for lunch, do, 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 do. And uh, out he goes <laughs> while I'm making lunch. And then we do it again about about mid-afternoon. I let him out. And then late afternoon, I let him out after work. Um, 
And I mean, he'll come up and, you know, kind of poke at me sometimes like, hey, <laughs> give me some attention. I'll scratch his head and whatever. But generally, he just likes to be in the room with me during work. And then afterwards, we will, you know, cuddle up on the couch or, you know, whatever thing he wants to do. But it seems like we have a pretty good working relationship. And it's probably because the entire time I've almost the entire time I've had him, I've worked from home. So, you know, since he was little, he's been used to this. So that that has certainly helped uh, set those boundaries. I can't imagine. I mean, I'm I'm on a development team of about 16 people that I regularly interact with and cats in particular uh, end up in the shot on the <laughs> on desks doing whatever they do and uh, I think I think the world is just kind of getting used to and accepting that as the reality oh it's not even a matter of like being embarrassed in front of my sure sure my coworkers or whatever at this point like I really don't 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 care. Once in a while, I'll accidentally leave the door open or something, and my daughter will come in and she want to sit on my lap. Sure. Like during a meeting, that's actually fine. Like people like that. They're like, "Oh, your daughter's so cute." Whatever, you know. That's agreed. That's fine. <laughs> um, cats were more just dis- more distracting because they would just start scratching things, right? Um, so they were just wanting to sit and look and look at the screen. So yeah. and being in you know in, it's convenient uh, places. Yeah, it's it's not the it's not the like peak coworker seeing it as so yeah. much for me as it would just be like not be not being able to 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 get like hand to keyboard work done. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's kind but of, anyway that was kind of what I was what I was meaning is that you know we see them all the time like getting up on the desk and stuff like that, and I think I think we're just kind of accepting that cats in particular are just going to be in the way for a while or possibly long term <laughs> depending on who we are yeah. you know, depending on the I think the world is just accepting that as the reality I mean I used to I originally got, I mean I didn't want to get into this but I originally got a wireless mouse because the cats used to bat at the when I had a wired mouse and I had cats I used to try to chew the wire right <laughs> so so like because they would chase it around right um so you know, it's funny the first time, right? Right. But the, or, or from a distance, where it's not my mouse that's being right. It's <laughs> being funny if on. it's not you, and it's funny the first time. But um, the yeah. So anyway, uh, my anyway, that's that's my advice for for my best advice for working from home. I think we're all winging it, and I'd be curious uh, to hear from our readers what they're. Uh, their best uh, working from home equipment and, and advice is uh, there's some advice that I would have given last year that I kind of threw threw away. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, for example, uh, I used to say, like, for sure, I'm going to get up and like dress for work every day. And <laughs> and that has kind of that unfortunately has gone out the window. I, I mean, <laughs> it's still good advice, but I can't tell you to do it because I don't follow it anymore. <laughs> That's that's pretty funny. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go through my list real quick since you went through your list. So uh, yes. my my mouse is a Razer uh, Death Adder. Um, my keyboard is a um, uh, Sonosa, and I have because I love to have extra programmable keys. 
Um, Razor has this this cool thing called a, I think it's called a Tartarus, which is like a 22 key extra add-on um, that's also got essentially a joystick. Um, that's oh, I know, I know that, I know. Yes, oh. that... That that is really nice. I love that thing because, like, for a Visual Studio, I've got macros for clean and build and all kinds of all kinds of things. So I can be typing and just with my with my pinky reach over and hit, you know, the the O one key, and it'll clean my project or build or run all just from from here, which I absolutely love. Obviously, I'm weird. I've got six monitors because. I mean, obviously, I've got problems, plus plus extra laptops, but, you know, software engineer has way too much stuff. Uh, <laughs> of course, that doesn't count any of the phones. Um, and then I've got another one of this chair, which is a, a radio chair. You, They're great, but as a regular consumer, you don't want this. It's You're paying because this thing is like eight years old and it does not squeak. <laughs> and that's... That's what we paid for was to make sure that it never squeaked on air. Um, and for a headset, I use the um, the Aftershocks OpenCom, uh, which is a Bluetooth headset. And uh, we had them on the show during CES. And uh, I got one less than a week after the interview. <laughs> and love it. It's the best communication headset I've ever had. I, I really have to look into that because I'm really sick of wearing these kind of headsets. So uh, the, the thing, I would I would like to have a less obtrusive headset. To the be thing honest. that I really like about the OpenCom, and I know, again, not the intention to be uh, an advertisement for it, but um, it's uh, it doesn't cover your ears, so you can still hear what's happening around you. So if if something's happening, the dog is whining, or you know whatever, I know that something's happening, or you know. Alexa goes off because there's a um, a package that's been delivered or something like that. I hear those things, which I like. I like, but I don't have all the background noise that other people have because <laughs> it's just right. me and the dog. So it may not be yes. ideal for everybody, uh, but for me, I absolutely love the headset. Plus, it's for you can use it for like sports stuff because it's all sealed and stuff. So it is a cool headset. So anyway. That's that's my setup. Um, mine is a little weird with the six monitors and things, but how do you do? So, so I have a question for you yeah. about that. For that, I think our readers want to know. So, it's hard to do more than four monitors. Yes, it it's is. hard to do four more than two monitors with a laptop because mm -hmm. you need to get multiple docks with a desktop. For those not not keeping track, most uh, discrete graphics cards will do up to four monitors. Mm -hmm. How did you get the other two? The left two are a separate computer, and I use uh, oh okay. I use a really cool uh, thing that came out of the Microsoft Garage called Mouse Without Borders, and uh, it turns the other computer into an extension of your current one. You can mouse just like the screens are in in your Windows array. You can mouse right over to it, and your keyboard goes with you, and your clipboard goes with you, and all that stuff. So as far as I'm concerned, they're the same computer. Uh, you do network mapping for your drives and stuff, and everything just works as if it's the same computer. It's pretty cool. Ah. And Mouse Without Borders is free. <laughs> I've I've been using yeah, it since before Microsoft put their name on it. When 
It's it's one of my favorite like weird stories. Um, some developer just made it some like in his free time because he had his work laptop and his work desktop and he just wanted to be able to go back and forth. And uh, Steve Ballmer walked into his office one day and said, how did you just do that? <laughs> and he's like, well, I built this thing. He's like, okay, uh, you need to package that because <laughs> I would like it. <laughs> and uh, Mouse Without Borders was born. <laughs> so super cool story. And it it's absolutely a lifesaver for me. So, but that's, that's my layout. Um, it's a separate computer, but it, I forget that most of the time. That's how I do it. Cool. Any, anyway, uh, that's that's my setup. <laughs> that's Avram's setup. We would love to hear what uh, what your setup is, what things are uh, making your life bearable <laughs> on uh, working from home. If you're watching us on, on YouTube or Facebook or whatever, go ahead and comment there. If you are watching this uh, on the podcast or whatever, uh, feel free to tweet us or find us over on social media and let us know because we'd love to know what products uh, and, and, you know, let us know what products because uh, I'm using a, a C930, by the way, as the webcam uh, and and the USB version of this microphone, uh, the bigger one of the one you're using is the mic that I use. Anyway, um, let it, let us know what's, what's making your life bearable working from home uh, in this this situation we definitely definitely want to hear it and uh i i enjoyed this conversation Avram, as i always do but this one you know having worked from home for so long is is pretty personal to me so it was a fun conversation and as always i look forward to what we talk about next time This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. Get all the accessories you need to up your game on your PC, PC, console, or mobile device from Razer. Whether you're looking for a gaming mouse like we use here in the studio or in the office, a webcam and light for your Twitch stream, or an entire gaming setup, you can find it all at Razer by going to f5live.tv slash Razer. And uh, obviously... Our previous segment was a little bit an ad for Razer, um, but not because they're a sponsor, because I actually do use all those products. <laughs> anyway, um, go ahead. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. Oh, I was just going to I was just going to say uh, the new Razer webcam. Uh, we've uh, we have a review of on Tom's hardware, you know, really, really good, really, really good quality. Um, and does so well at low light that they've actually taken the light off of the webcam and now there's no there's no ring light on it. Nice. The, uh, you the can new, you can add out. one though. Uh, on the buy page, there is an option to to purchase one in case you want one. But yeah, I'm I it's gonna be my next uh, it's gonna be my next splurge purchase is one of those because <laughs> they they look cool and the video that I've seen off of them is absolutely incredible. But. Speaking of uh, uh, changes to products in the gaming space, um, one of the one of the core products 
that has existed in uh, the gaming space for almost two decades is uh, getting some changes. It's Xbox Live. Um, the, the, the first change is that in the current Insider Alpha release uh, for the Xbox dashboard, the name Xbox Live seems to have been replaced with Xbox Network with a, cap, with a lowercase n, which is interesting. Although any references to the Xbox Live Gold subscription have stayed that way, and a spokesperson for Microsoft has said that the distinction will be between the service and the subscription. So 18 years of Xbox Live seemingly coming to an end in one way or another. My guess is this is one of those things like the massive price increase that was supposed to be coming to Xbox Live that will not stick around because uh, it's it's a name that people know and love. It's like when a sports stadium changes names because there's a there's a sponsor who's bought access to it and people continue to call it what it was before. Um, I have a feeling people yeah. will continue to call it Xbox Live even if it doesn't back out and that will make it either official or unofficially continue to be Xbox Live. But... The big change uh, that's important is that in that same alpha uh, release for insiders, a change that we knew was coming for a while uh, is officially here um, in its first iteration uh, for insiders. And that is, if you're playing a free-to-play game, you are no longer required to have a gold subscription to Xbox Live. Uh, You can use a standard uh, free subscription, which obviously makes way more sense. In the old days, you know, when Xbox Live was new, all communication happened over Xbox Live, so it made sense um, that you had to pay for that infrastructure. But today, if you're playing Fortnite, very little of your communication is happening over the Xbox network. I'm going to try and use the name. Um, Very little of it is happening over the Xbox network. Most of it is happening off network because you're playing cross-play. And so... You know, as more and more of these things are cross-play, especially the the free-to-play games, it's going to start to make sense that that uh, that that online capability isn't requiring uh, Xbox Live anymore. We saw this um, when services like Netflix uh, were no longer required um, to have uh, a gold subscription to use them on your on your Xbox One. I believe on the 360, it's still required, but that's just because. You know, it's an old console and they didn't do updates. Um, but on on the Xbox One and the X, a lot of the media services and stuff are outside of that gold requirement. And that's because they don't run on the network either. So it makes sense that these cross-play things are starting to go that way. And we're seeing, seeing more cross-play, which does lead to that, that idea that we talked about sometime last year that there was, or maybe the beginning of this year, the last 12 months has been one big blur. At some, at some point, we talked about um, the possibility that Microsoft might be giving up the ghost on uh, on uh, forcing the, the paid subscription uh, with the X and S. It didn't happen, but the fact that only one part of the brand hasn't been updated, that free-to-play games have dropped it, media streaming services dropped it a while back, does lend some credence into that into that theory again, but who knows? Um, both Nintendo and PlayStation do require um, 
you know, a paid subscription for online gaming too. So it probably won't go away, but there is some, <laughs> there is some credence to that, to that theory. Um, I think this is a good move with the free to play games for sure though. What do you think, Abram? Yeah. I mean, they're making it more accessible, uh, considering how much people spend on X spend to buy, to buy their Xbox. They, and considering that Xbox, that Microsoft is not really providing that service, it's kind of, it'd be, it's, it was not really nice for them to be charging people to use Fortnite server. Mm -hmm. So, so this makes a lot of sense. Obviously there's probably some revenue being lost here, but on the other hand, maybe, maybe they feel like they can make it up elsewhere and it just looks, you know, it's looks in, bad for them to, to charge people for playing Fortnite. In-game purchases, uh, obviously have a have a commission back to the platform, things like that. So, you know, there there is still revenue on things like Fortnite. It's not like Microsoft's going, well, you know what, forget it. You can keep it all. Uh, there is still revenue on the game. So <laughs> it it yeah, I it does make sense. It especially since Sony and Nintendo um, or at least Sony has a carve out specifically all from when plus was first launched years ago. Um, uh, there's always been a carve out for, for free to play games and Xbox live didn't have that same carve out. So it's nice to see, especially as, as free to play games are becoming a bigger part of the community with things like, like Fortnite. Uh, it, it does make sense, uh, that they would align with, with the rest of the industry. I think it's a good move. Um, it could mean that more people would be interested in playing it on the Xbox versus a, a PlayStation because maybe people are making a decision between the two consoles because playing Fortnite on the Xbox Series X, oh, God, I hate those names, um, versus the, the PS5 uh, required that, that extra subscription. So there, there's that possibility that they'll see the revenue from the consoles change because of it we'll see but yeah i i think it's a good move um and honestly about time but on the xbox live naming thing i i'm not one to to give up an old name uh easily i where the lightning play i still call it the ice palace even though it hasn't been called that in honestly almost 20 years <laughs> um I don't even know what it's called right now. <laughs> um, it's always going to be the Ice Palace. And so I, it'll always be Xbox Live. <laughs> This week's news from the tubes and F5 Live is proudly powered by Riff Tracks. Make fun of movies or let these guys do it for you. Mike Nelson, Bill Corbett, and Kevin Murphy, the former stars of Mystery Science Theater 3000, are back and doing what they do best, creating commentaries for Hollywood blockbusters and B-movie oddities. It's like watching a movie with your funniest friends. And to find out about all of the full-length features, the short films, TV episodes, and live events, you can go to f5live.tv slash rifftracks with an X. So over the last couple of years, we have talked a lot about privacy and security. Um, 
It was our primary focus uh, for 2020, especially as we saw, you know, the rise of, of communi- home communication and things like that. Uh, we put a lot of focus into it last year, and it's, it's carried on into this year uh, for a number of reasons. And the work from home aspect has been, has been one of them. Um, and uh, is it Kaspersky? Is that how you pronounce the, the IT firm, the security firm? Um, Kaspersky, Kaspersky does a, a consumer IT security risk report every year. And their 2021 report came out and confirmed some of the things that, that you know, we have been talking about. Uh, mixed use of devices, for example, um, which if you're using a personal device for, for business purposes and you're not careful about it, it might give your company access to your personal stuff or expose company information on the open web when it's not supposed to. But the thing that struck me on this report that is related to a topic that you and I have talked about a number of times, Avram, is app permissions. Now, some of these permissions, and we've talked about it a lot lately because of Apple, um, but it applies on Windows, it applies on the web, on Android, on iOS, everywhere this applies. Uh, We always tell people before you install an app, especially from one of the app stores uh, where you can see it easily, look at the permissions that you're giving it. Because if your solitaire game wants access to your contacts, it's not a solitaire game. <laughs> it's malware. Because uh, it, because solitaire doesn't need access to your contacts. Well, it turns out one of the things that people aren't paying attention to is their webcam and mic permissions. 23% of all web users always give access to their webcam and microphone when it's asked for on a website, on an app, in desktop software, always. And that's uh, an absolute no-no. You have to you have to look at those requests and think, is this something, does this make sense, A, just like a solitaire game doesn't need access to your contacts, it also doesn't need access to your microphone. Um, so if it's asking for that, something's wrong, run away. Uh, uh, unless it's some voice-activated solitaire, but probably not, right? So does it make sense that it's asking for access to the webcam and camera? Now, I will remind people that sometimes uh, an app might have flashlight capabilities on your phone. And because the flash is part of the camera array, uh, it might have to have access to the camera to be able to accomplish that. But your phone has it built in, so don't go messing around with that is my recommendation. Uh, But make sure that it makes sense and that it's going to provide you value. 23% of you are always saying yes. And, and we know that even when it's an app that it makes sense on, sometimes it's a security risk, right? What was it? Two years ago, we talked about a hole in Zoom's software on the Mac where 
it gave anybody access to your webcam and microphone even after you uninstalled Zoom. Not great. Um, so even if it does make sense, it can cause holes. So if it doesn't make sense... But nothing sense, you can really do about that. Right. But if it doesn't make sense, don't open the hole. Right? We don't, yeah, be, you don't leave your front selective. door unlocked. You don't leave your front door unlocked all the time. You don't give keys to people you meet at the grocery store. It's the exact same thing here. Be selective. Be thoughtful about what you're doing. Don't say yes to everything always. And then it doesn't matter what it is. The upcoming iOS update, right? Do you want this app to be able to track you on and off platform? Think about it before you say yes or no. That one of the problems, though, and I can see why people would say yes to things, is a lot of times if you say no to something, it it, it doesn't work properly, uh-huh. right? You might not know why, but you know you 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 say no to something, whether it's an app or something else, and it's just not, it doesn't gracefully accept. Like mm-hmm. not all apps. I mean, websites are maybe a different story, but you know, not all apps are very graceful about dealing with being denied permission. Mm-hmm. So they may just crash or something. And so you might think, oh, I wanna, there must be a reason for this. I don't want the app to crash. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it the permission. Right. Um, but, but yeah, it is, is absolutely something to be concerned about. I think the answer there though, is if it's an app or something like that, then, um, then just close it. If it's a, you know, then don't install it. Think about, think twice. You know, uh, I have ended up on websites where it's like, oh, the website wants permission to something uh, that I don't think it should have. Well, for, do I need this website to really be reading this? I'll, I don't need to read the Star Trek quiz, honest. I'll just close it. Right. I mean, yeah, you know, so Ran- random website dot com with you know whatever thing you're searching for would like to know your location why no i mean i understand why home depot might ask for my location so they can show you what your local store has in stock i'm still going to say no and put a a similar zip code in (laughs) but um i understand at least that makes sense but yeah uh, some some article on Star Trek comes up and says, uh, the website would like to know your location. No, thanks. No, oh, exactly. So there's a lot of that. The other thing I, I want to add to this discussion is that when it comes to your webcam and your microphone, there's hardware ways of preventing. Uh, I mean, you don't want to grant permission. That's one, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing is you can get a cover for your webcam and you can get a, uh, and you can, you know, turn off your your mic. There's several. I mean, it, one thing that I have here, uh, you know, that I really like, and I don't just use it for this. I don't primarily use it for this purpose, but I could. Is I have a USB hub that has on-off buttons for all of the the ports. So. If there's a, so something like the webcam or the That's microphone, cool. if I'm not actively using it, I could just, right, uh, turn it, turn it off. Wow. Um, now that sounds cool. That sounds like I, I didn't actually get it for that purpose. I, um, the reason I like having these is for other purposes. Like for example, 
uh, you know, there's a lot of like boards that I'll be working with sure. where it's like, oh, you got to reset the board by turning it on and off. And instead of like plugging and unplugging it, I can just, you know, hit, hit the button. Clever. Uh, to, right. So, um, so that's the, that's, that's the trick. But anyway, point, uh, point being, I, I want one of these now for exactly that purpose. So, <laughs> so I should, yeah, I, I actually want one with more ports. So the one I have is like $10 and it's from Sabrent. Uh, there are many ones on Amazon, but the Sabrent one seems to be a, a nice one. Uh, and that's like $10 and it's powered. Um, they make one with like seven and 10 ports. That's like seven ports is like 35 bucks. I may be getting that soon because this four port one is not enough. But anyway, point point being, not to get off topic, but you can physically prevent the hardware from doing this. And a lot of laptops now have privacy shutters mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of webcams come with a shutter that you can use to put over um over the lens it although was, it was even one that, of the things that you mentioned uh one of the differences in the c920 uh, yeah. lineup is that some of them have that built on yeah yeah and if yours doesn't i think you can buy a plastic one yeah. but i i would and rather have and the there's mark and there's mark zuckerberg who uh i mean who puts tape uh, he uses a sticky yeah, but note you, that, but i mean that yeah, but but even I guess the point is even Mark Zuckerberg, who's who's kind of looked at as the the harbinger of all evil when it comes to anti privacy, even he puts oh, a post. Even he puts a post oh, note on his camera. Oh, but but listen, let's let's. He's no example for anybody because it's not like he believes in not having privacy for himself. Right. I mean, it's he. He's never said, I want to live the non-private, whatever radical, right. I don't know what you call a non-privacy lifestyle. If there's such a thing as like, I just want everybody to know everything. Uh, but he wants you to. He's never held himself out as that. Um, you know, he just, yeah. Uh, and and he he is, as, as a, you know, wealthy, powerful person is probably uh, needs to keep uh, his webcam covered more than, more than mm-hmm. most people because he's a prime target for someone to spy on him. Yeah. But um, the only problem with this, there's a couple of problems with the post-it note scotch tape method. One is you're going to get yucky tape mm-hmm. possibly on your lens um, and be throwing out a lot of tape and post-its. Uh, and the other is it doesn't cover the microphone. Yeah. And most webcams have a microphone built in. So, uh, so, if you now, if you have a laptop, supposedly uh, the ones that have the privacy shutter are also shuttering off the mic when you do that, but some of them anyway. But it is a matter of of some concern. Mm-hmm. If you have a desktop where there's no built-in microphone or speaker, then it's very easy to to restrict access. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you can unplug your microphone and speaker, or you can use, use, uh, what I do, like the USB, you could use a USB box and just like, without having to physically unplug. Sure. You could theoretically also plug in, uh, one of the little USB, uh, headset dongles and not plug anything into it. <<laughs> Cause that would take over as the microphone and then there'd be nothing plugged into I it. Mean, 
I mean, it's an interesting way to I deal mean, with it. If you're counting on the software not to be like really super smart and, and circumvent Windows, and, and Swift, Swift, then yeah. uh, uh, then what you can always do is you can go into the audio device audio device manager and disable things too. True. Uh, disable them and re-enable them when you need them. That's sure. another that's another thing that one could do. But if someone is, I don't know, they're, you know, for for the average website, average app, whatever, that will absolutely do fine. But I suppose if someone had an extraordinary virus or something that actually went around the operating yeah. system and got direct access to the hardware, then then that wouldn't help. True. Well. The, the takeaway, as always, on this is be selective about the things you install, be selective about the permissions that you give, and anytime one of those pop-ups comes up, don't just say, yes, go away. <laughs> Think about what it's asking and uh, whether or not it's going to add anything to your day uh, because it could be exposing you to all kinds of external gook that you don't need. This week's DRM not included in F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. You know you get free shipping, but you get a lot more with your subscription. You get free music with Amazon Prime Music. You get free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video. You get free video games and a free uh, subscription on Twitch to uh, financially support the content creator of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming. And there's a whole lot more that I haven't mentioned to find out about our, our favorite features to get uh, quick links to those features. Uh, if you're not already a subscriber, you've got a 30 day free trial. And if you want to give it as a gift, we've got that too. And all of that is available by going to f5live.tv slash prime. So speaking of Twitch, um, they have been going through an interesting series of growing pains over the last six months or so, we talked um, in the past about their their uh, inconsistent moderation process. We have talked about um, the bizarre emails that were sent out a while back with no information that just said we deleted some of your videos. Why? Don't worry about it. Um, which they then later apologized for. Um, because in reality, it was DMCA takedown notifications, and rather than taking them down, they were deleting them, uh, which wasn't great and isn't what anybody else does. So there were a lot of concerns there. Um, but obviously, one of the things that uh, that Twitch is really great at, right, is is the community aspect. Usually, communicating with its creators. In this case, not so much, but in in uh in most cases they're really good at communicating with their creators and creating a way for them to uh, monetize their content without being uh obtrusive they've got uh things uh like the 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 amazon um bounty programs and things like that that are all part of twitch which is which is great but uh there's been no great way for 
uh, relationships with advertisers to determine what it is that a content creator is doing and whether or not it aligns with their business. Well, their, their internal APIs seem to have uh, leaked the existence of a new feature that seems like it's going to be called the brand safety score. Uh, there's a ton of information in uh, our article at plugitslive.com uh, that talk that you can see uh, exactly what the what the endpoint looks like, what the properties uh, are, and uh, what they're supposed to return. But the concern that's here is a there's been no discussion about the possibility of this feature, um, which brings us back to that that new issue of them not communicating with their creators, just like with the DMCA takedowns. And since there's been no communication, there's no direct guidance on what this is going to do. Is it going to be similar to uh, the survey that you take every time you upload a video on YouTube that that determines whether or not uh, your video is, is safe for certain advertisers? Um, or is this going to be some AI-based thing that's going to watch your chat and your content or whatever and determine whether or not you're a problem? I don't know, because some of these properties are weird. Um, or is this going to be a manual process? Because there's some suggestions uh, in, the, in the documentation, which again, isn't intended to be public. I don't know exactly how... Um, how this person who posted screenshots of the API got the info. Um, they may be an Amazon employee. They may just know where their endpoints are because uh, obviously everybody's working from home. So the endpoints might be, might be uh, public at this point. Um, but some of them suggest that this might be a manual process, that there might be people at Twitch who are determining your worth to advertisers, which could be a little weird because that gets us back to the inconsistent policy enforcement. Um, I don't know. It, it seems, it seems unthought out, which might be why they haven't announced it and why um, a comment from uh, a Twitch representative said that this is something they're considering, but not uh, actively using. It might be like a, an alpha kind of thing. I don't know. It seems it seems too nebulous at this point to me. Well, how did I mean, I upload videos to YouTube all the time and I get asked that same series of questions, mm -hmm. which is kind of an annoying series of questions like mm -hmm. do you use any bad words? Do you have any of this content? Do you have any of that content? Uh -huh. Um and and presumably they're taking my word for it, but do we know if Google if Google has some way of checking it? Yes. So uh, early on in the uh, in the existence of that survey, um, they they verify that what you're saying is true, um, either by AI or by person. I don't know the process, but they do verify for a while that what you're saying is true, and then at some point there's a little message that shows up. Um, at the top of your creator dashboard that says um, that your self-reporting has been has been on point 
and we're going to trust you for a while, but they do come in and spot check still. So at some point, your self-reporting starts to go accepted, and then they spot check. But yeah, early on, they do either through AI or, or human intervention, they do check uh, that, that your self-reporting is accurate. Uh, for for child friendly for child friendly stuff as well, um, that that's also verified. I mean, the scale of video on YouTube, they would have to have some kind of AI. I would it's imagine just, so. The, just the scale is is so huge um, that they would have to have some type of AI looking at it, mm -hmm. uh, which could be fallible. So, I mean, pick. Pick pick your poison, right? Yep. It it you you want a person to look at it uh, when the person can be fallible. Do you want an AI to look at it? the AI can be fallible? Like right. you can't you 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 really can't win. Uh, hopefully the AI the AI is good. I mean, I in a way, I'd rather have an AI. Uh, I can't blame Twitch for wanting to do this. Like sure. I can't blame YouTube either, because if you've worked in publishing or media for any length of time, you know that advertisers are very image conscious. And what they don't want is to hear from, to get a complaint from someone saying, oh man, I saw your, your advertisement on a video that had this offensive thing. Mm -hmm. uh, how could you support that? And given how advertisers buy ads online, uh, they you know they buy them programmatically so i don't think there's any i mean maybe there's somebody out there who's like i want to buy an ad on you know this particular channel but uh if it's a really big channel perhaps but my guess is that is that they're just saying hey i want give me twitch right, right? so although when you look so at the you, way some of the gaming companies uh, interact with Twitch, um, they do specifically go searching out things like what game you play because that's all publicly available in the API. There's there's right. stuff about so that um, they about your ratings and things like that. So you know, uh, uh, let's say Razer, right? They've got a number yeah. of game specific accessories, and maybe you play that game. They might want they might specifically want a bounty program with you not even not even like a standard mid-roll or pre-roll ad they might want to offer you a bounty program where if somebody uh buys you know a, a death adder call of duty i don't know if that exists but let's say it does <laughs> with your with your special discount code you get 10 bucks or whatever um yeah they might specifically search you out on that but what if you play Call of Duty and you're not ad friendly, right? Maybe you've had bans, right. maybe you've had sus suspensions, things like that. They'd like to know that, and that seems to be partially what this is about, which makes sense. I, I definitely that the idea is definitely solid. I just want more information about what they're up to, because if this is anything like DMCA, right, uh, or, yeah. or uh let's let's take a look at uh dr disrespect right he was banned from twitch why i don't know it's been a year he doesn't know 
Well, I mean, the thing is with these, I mean, it's important to remember that with uh, these networks, Twitch, YouTube, even Facebook, Twitter, you are the product, right? So they, you're not, uh, generally speaking, I mean, I guess with Twitch, you, you pay, you pay, you can pay extra to have like a better, better channel, better, you know, our archives and things like that. You got to pay. So in that respect, you're a customer, but a lot of or, these things you are, you can be a partner and generate the revenue by viewership and things like that. Because when you're a partner, you get, right. You don't have to pay for it, but you get more storage and things, but you've essentially right. paid for it by bringing in more viewers. <laughs> Yes, but it generally speaking, when they're banning people from these, it's like, oh, hey, the interests, uh, Twitch's interests, YouTube's interests, Facebook's interests, Twitter's interests, their interest is always going to come first for them, mm -hmm. not their interest in being fair, not their interest in, uh, you know, freedom of expression of any kind. Like, they want to avoid controversy and make money mm -hmm. so if you are causing a controversy and they think that it's more beneficial for them to ban you than and deal with the controversy of you being banned than to deal with the controversy of you being remaining then um then they will ban you mm -hmm. so they are looking out for their business interests their their twitch's business interest is to sell advertising right so it is not should not surprise anybody that they they are doing this. Yeah. Also, but I think they have less comp. I think the f the first platform like this that is transparent about things, I think, will be the 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 one that that takes over. I honestly, I think if if because um uh. Twitter, right? Twitter. Oh no, let's use Facebook as an example. Facebook uh, took down an election night stream that didn't violate any policies. Why? Uh, to this day, there's been no answer. Um, I that that's that's a scary type situation, right? What I think the company that says that sends the email with a with a reason code and actually starts filling it out. <laughs> I think I think people are going to content creators are going to start going that way because they want to know at least want to know what's happening. Getting a suspension or a ban that says reason blank that doesn't help anybody and it all it does is it pisses think, off content creators. I think I think the reason that they don't want to do it uh, is the minute that they get too detailed with you, like, again, think of their interest, not what's fair, not what's nice, not what's right. Um, they, their goal is we want to avoid more pushback. So if I get too detailed with you about what you did wrong, then you're going to nitpick, nitpick it with me. Right. Sure. Whereas if I just say, Hey, you violate these, you violated our standards. You'll be, Oh, well, it could be anything right now as a if i was the one who got that note i'd be very upset mm -hmm. uh you know and i'd want to know why uh s s you know similarly not that i've had experience being banned uh from from social media 
But, you know, having had like apps or Chrome extensions or whatever rejected from the Chrome store without like a very specific reason mm -hmm. uh, was very frustrating for me. Like it was like, oh, it could be any of these reasons. Is it, and was it a person or was it that it just right. tripped something in an AI? And if I just changed one little thing, it wouldn't trip the AI and then I would get through. So like, it's 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 very frustrating. Or, or was it that a cat walked near a staircase at under a full moon? You know what? What's the reason it was rejected? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and if I just submit the same thing again, will I get through? Like it's exactly it's, right. So I've, like it's, I've had it, that. It, Interestingly, I have had exactly that uh, with Apple on the uh, the Tom's Guide battery test. Right. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of things that are, that are kind that are very opaque about moderation policies mm -hmm. and people don't like opaque. I, I absolutely get it. The reason why companies are opaque is because the more um, detailed they are, first of all, it's more work for them to say, I'm filling out this, this, and this, but the more people are going to come push back to them and say like, Hey, you got this wrong. And sometimes you know, once in a while, it may actually be wrong, but it may also be true that, you know, they're just going to, to invite whataboutism of some kind. Like someone's mm -hmm. going to be like, hey, you banned me for saying X, Y, and Z, but here's Joe over there that you didn't ban who said something else, which true. I think is even worse. True. And then they're going to have to sit there and defend why they didn't ban Joe, right? So like that's that's... I think that's why they probably don't want to do it is they don't want to have to get into this like discussion about why they ban ban one thing and not another. Well, this API has ban and suspension reasons uh, as part of the endpoint. So things could definitely get interesting here um, as soon as this endpoint is accessible. I am gonna I swear I'm gonna go. I'm going to try and hit it from the outside and see if I can get a, a ban reason for Dr. Disrespect. See if, see if they've got something in their system. Um, this could, this could be a ton of fun, but not for the reasons why they think it's going to be. <laughs> well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate our live listeners and viewers if you didn't and would like to in the future sunday nights 9 p.m eastern you can go to f5live.tv slash join us um if you're not able to join us live that's okay as well plugkidslive.com slash subscribe you'll see all of our shows there and all of the different ways that you can uh you can subscribe and listen and watch and all of that um so next week is Easter Sunday, and so uh, we know a lot of our viewers and a lot of our uh, listeners will be looking for ways to spend the day and the evening with their families, so we will give you the week off uh, next week, and then um, we will be back uh, either the next week or the week after, depending on what the 11th looks like. We'll try and keep people up to date. Um, I have a training on a super cool piece of technology that uh, we're going to be able to share real soon 
uh, publicly. I'm super excited about it. I get to go do a training on it. Uh, so it'll depend on how that day goes. Uh, we might come live from Amrock. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but for sure, we will be back to normal after that. Um, we've also got an idea for a new thing coming. Uh, I won't say exactly what it is, but I'll give you an idea of the name. It's called Plug It's Live Unplugged. And uh, we'll have some details on that uh, coming up in the future. If we decide that it's the way we want to go, it'll be a cool idea. Uh, but with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we'll see you back next time. Ciao.